Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Final buzzer sounds. We're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7. The game. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Ryan Covey following the Warriors... 138 to 99 loss in Milwaukee. Ryan Covey, uh, the first half, it was more competitive. The Warriors made themselves felt compared to what we saw in Brooklyn on Tuesday. There was a little bit of a Steph Curry, James Weissman one two punch. He continued to flash, talking about Weissman in his second career game. But the second half was all Milwaukee. Ugly, ugly stuff. 72-43 bucks in the second half. Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins continue just a, a, an atrocious start to this season. And as much as I hate to put the rat on the table right at the top of the show, the Warriors look like they quit in the second half. Not a good yeah. look coming out of this one. Boy, you said it, J.D. Timing's everything, too, and it was not an optimal time to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, obviously, it's their second game. They lose their opener in a close one. Now they're back home on Christmas. Giannis freshly minted, got the new-look squad. Augustine was healthy as well, uh, and they just put the boots to the Golden State Warriors. And I, I thought the same thing, J.D. I'm like, wow, they really are just packing it in and living to fight another day because you certainly ain't fighting in the second half of this game. It was they got off to that quick run, to the little spurt to open up the third quarter, and they just never looked back, man. A, a putrid effort by the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, and it wound up being 66 to 56 at halftime, and 34 20 in the third, and then the Bucks came out and got the first nine of the fourth, and, and it was. It was over at that point. 888-957-9570, let us get to the, the good, the bad, the ugly 
Uh, Andrew Wiggins and, and Kelly Oubre. Wiggins, I thought, w- was more aggressive. He took the ball to the cup, but he fails to knock down a 3, 0 for 4. And, and Kelly Oubre now, the bigger of the two problems when you put the two games together, 1 for 10, 0 for 9 between the two of them from three-point range. Oubre dropped an 0 for 5, Wiggins an 0 for 4. The, the Warriors are just no execution at all on offense. They don't seem connected on defense. But they're also, when they do get good shots, not making them. And that's that's price of admission stuff in, in the NBA. you got to knock down open looks, and neither one of those guys are able to do it. Yeah, they look disjointed, to say the very least. They're lacking confidence. They're, and now they're officially starting to wear it in their body language a little bit. They just don't have enough perimeter shooting. Uh, and here's the thing. I mean, Joe Lacob said at the start of the year, we've talked about it. Anybody in the know around this basketball team, it's it's a you know fairly a certainty that this team is going to basically go as far as guys like Uber and Wiggins are going to be able to take them. Steph Curry just can't shoulder the load all on his own on a nightly basis. Uh, you know, we, we know about the upside of Weissman, and, and that'll be documented all year long. And, and, you know, we're looking forward to seeing how all that unfolds. But those two young wings are so important to what this Warriors team is doing uh, and wants to accomplish this year. And, and both of them got off to horrible starts. I mean, Ubre. Boy, I was hoping for more, I'll be honest. And, and you know, it's hard, J.D., because I, I don't want to go nuts. I mean, it's the Nets, it's the Bucks. Like, these are elite basketball teams. But, dude, they are two teams in the NBA, and you're a team, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you look at this Warriors payroll, what these guys are making. Uh, you just, you got to have more from these guys. I mean, there's, there's losing, and then there's just getting your soul taken. And it was the latter today. A very disappointing in the second half. Really disappointing in, in the second half. I thought there was more urgency to start the game, which was a, yeah. a good sign. I, I thought the Warriors were attempting to defend at a higher level. And James Weissman picked up basically right where he left off in the fourth quarter of the game in Brooklyn. Knocked down three three-pointers. He had a, another dunk. It was we saw Steph and and Weissman in the pick and roll, the one five pick and roll. Uh, yeah. The Warriors were functioning as if their best two players are Steph Curry and James Weissman right now. And through two games, I don't think there's much question of that. But his ability to shoot from the outside, I think, is something that's going to earn him more minutes for sure, uh, as he's been right around that twenty four twenty five minute mark in these first two games. But I think. With a team that's offense is struggling the way that the Warriors' offense is struggling to this point, you could start in pretty short order here featuring James Weissman as your as your number two guy with Steph Curry and, and almost having to change the way that you play a little bit to, to put a lot of that onus on those two being the tandem that at this point has to carry you and maybe you take a little bit of pressure off of Uber and Wiggins and let them work their way in at the same time. Yeah, I, I think James Weissman is the literally, like quite literally, J.D., the lone bright spot of this basketball team through 96 minutes of hoop so far, a couple of tough road losses. Absolutely. Uh, he looks the part, and you know him and Steph working that 1-5 pick and roll, I, I love what they're going to be able to do there. He can play out on the perimeter a little bit, it seems like. He could put the ball on the floor. He is just scratching the surface, too. I mean, he's a pup, J.D., so yeah, that... That's awesome, and it's not a, a reasonable ask. 
uh, that James Weissman would be the number two offensive contributor for this basketball team. Uh, we'll see how the dynamic changes when Draymond's out there. Uh, you know, as it applies to Weissman's game, I only think he stands to benefit from that for obvious reasons. Uh, so that we'll have to see how that unfolds. But man, couldn't be any more impressed with him. Uh, but maybe you know guys like Ubre and Wiggins in particular need to look in the mirror. Eric Pascal, even Kavon Looney just looked lumbering and slow. Uh, Chris had an off game. I mean, it was just across the board. It was just bad basketball. But yeah, man, one and two right now. The pecking order. It's it's Curry Weissman. Like we're two games in, and it's already clear. James Weissman is the second best player on the Golden State Warriors. Period. Point blank. And again, he he is. Uh, He's far ahead of of where any of us could have imagined that he would be. Even the most Eons. optimistic observer, uh, uh, you know, in in viewing what he could be. Steph, I think he's dealing with the fact that he's not playing with Clay Thompson still, and and the two other wings that he's riding with, their inability to to make shots, I do think, is is hurting Steph because teams are teams are going to be trying to take Steph away and make life difficult on Steph no matter what. I think he's used to that. I think everybody watching the Warriors is used to that. Uh, it would be a little bit easier if Ubre and Wiggins could could knock down some shots. But, but I think the bigger issue offensively, when you throw Weissman out and you say, okay, well, Steph's missed some open looks, especially from three in the early going, and he's been out of sorts, it just doesn't look like the pieces fit together properly right now. And if Steph has to play off the ball in an attempt to you know, get open and, and get you know, pull the gravity of the defense to, to a point where it's going to get other people easier shots, it's going to get him easier shots, Right now, it just looks like the rest of the team doesn't know how to play with Steph when Steph doesn't have the ball in his hands in an attempt to try and get back to him where he can maybe get some better looks after teams make that first attempt to try and take him away. So I think that's actually a bigger problem, maybe big picture, than even the fact that some of the guys that are getting the rock and putting up the shots like Uber and Wiggins aren't making them. You got to think those two are going to make those shots at a higher clip. Their, their sure. career you know, numbers would tell you that it isn't going to be this bad like it's been these first two games, but figuring out how to get Curry in a little bit of a better rhythm on top of it may be the more problematic thing, at least in short order. And maybe having Draymond out there will help JD because we know Draymond is a, a pretty a pretty top tier facilitator in his own right. So maybe that can allow Steph to work off the ball a little bit. Um, I you know I'm just I'm grasping at straws here because you're absolutely right. And you know Wiggins and Ubre in particular they just kind of seem a little bit lost out there from a spacing standpoint and just from an aggression standpoint. And I agree. You know Wiggins was taking it to the cup a little bit harder, um, particularly in the second quarter. I felt like JD when this game was already in danger of getting away. Away from him, and you know when Wiggins was out there with that second unit, I thought he brought some nice intensity. But we just we saw the difference tonight. Like you can't put it together for a couple of minutes here, you know, maybe two guys, and then two other guys, maybe a couple of minutes there. This is the NBA. You're playing against the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, they have more wins than anybody last year. So I think in the whole league, right? Certainly in the Eastern Conference. Either way, like they are one of the premier teams in the NBA. So uh, if you're going to have those long spells of ineptitude, like this is what's going to happen every time. And then you culminate that with it's a national stage. It's Christmas. Bucks lost the, their first game. Like all of this was a recipe for disaster. And we we can talk about the offense till we're blue in the face. Dude, they gave up a buck 38 tonight. A buck 38. Come on. 
Yeah, and and again, the seventy it was seventy two in the in the second half, sixty six in the first half. Neither neither were were great. The second half was awful. I, I think the competitiveness in the second half was the the most alarming thing. I, I did think they attempted to defend at a higher level in the first half today. I agree. That than they did at any point in the eight quarters that they've played to this point in either game. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's the phone number if you want to weigh in here. It is Warriors wrap up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey and ninety five seven. The game ugly first couple of games for the Warriors. One thirty eight ninety nine. The final in this one as the Bucks get the win. So the Dubs zero and two. Action figure man in San Francisco. Gets us tipped off here on Christmas on 95.7 The Game. Uh, thank you, fellas. Thank you. Yeah, at first, I um, on Tuesday, I didn't understand um, what was the Warriors' uh, game plan was uh, with, with Steve Kerr and everything. But after today, um, I, I see that the game plans kind of changed now because of, because of uh, when Clay got injured... Uh, I think Steve Kerr wants Wiggins and Oubre to shoot more threes now. But before the injury, uh, I think it was obvious like Wiggins was supposed to attack the the, the paint. But uh, it, it looks like they changed all their their new strategy. And I, I think uh, Wiggins and Oubre are like um, on the job training on on practicing their threes during the game now. And I think that's why I think it's going to take like two months before they get good at their threes. And their defense, and you know, I su- I support Kerr doing that new game plan. I just didn't know it at first, and and, and that's why they're not attacking the paint anymore because um they're 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 practicing their threes during the game. I don't know what Thanks, you guys think Pre- about that. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the call. I mean, those are the shots that are there. Here's the deal. I tweeted this out. Uh, I think in the second half, as things were were going awry, Ubre and Wiggins to this point look like guys that were brought in to play with. Steph and Clay, as opposed to guys that were brought in to help replace Steph and Clay, and I know that's an that's an obvious point on its surface. Well, of course, you know, Wiggins was brought in to be the starting three, and you hope you're going to get Steph and Clay. It it's just to me what it boils down to is the Warriors have a system, and the system is going to get Ubre and Wiggins shots. Period. And Ubre's getting a lot of Clay's shots, and he's not making them. And Wiggins is getting a lot of shots that maybe Harrison Barnes used to get uh, in the Warrior system, and he's not making them. Like it, it, and in a perfect world, Clay would be shooting, and him and Steph would be providing spacing, and Ubre, or I'm sorry, Wiggins would be able to slash and try and attack more like he did in that second quarter, which I right. thought was a great point you brought up, and Ubre maybe would be in a perfect world, the backup to Wiggins who would come in and do a lot of the same things that Wiggins does. Like, that's kind of how we were – when we were talking about this thing in the offseason before Clay Thompson got hurt, Covey, it was Steph and Clay and Wiggins, and, boy, if you can get one more wing, and then you're talking about some legit depth. Well, when Clay goes down, all of a sudden it, it shifts two people up a peg. It, it means Wiggins has to be, at least in theory, the number two scorer – which is something that might be a level too much to ask out of him. And Ubre has to be more of a shooter than a slasher. And through two games, neither has come close to even sniffing being able to answer that bell. 
Yeah, it's it's Brandon Crawford's hit and cleanup. You know what I'm saying? Like it just it doesn't <laughs> add up, you know. And so that's kind of what they're dealing with right now. And it, it is going to take some time. And it's frustrating to watch. It's maddening to watch. And I'm not so concerned about how they're they're fitting in offensively in the flow. They just haven't had enough time together. And that's where you know I know action figure man. You know he was it was. It's sound a little more opinion based, if you will, but it was. We don't know what it was supposed to look like with Clay and and Steph with Wiggins and Ubre. First of all, Ubre didn't even get here until after Clay got hurt. I know we talked about about Ubre might get brought in, um, and sure. and trust me, these these guys spend plenty of time practicing their three pointers during practice. It, it, I mean, you said it, JD. They're getting the looks. I mean, these are the shots they're getting. They're just not hitting them. And when you've grown accustomed to watching the greatest, you know, shooting backcourt in NBA history for seven, you know, plus years, more than that, really, uh, knock those shots down in tandem, you you tend to get used to guys making those open looks, and and they will. I'm telling you, JD, the the offense for me, that's not like a as big of a concern. And trust me, I want to say on the front, it's still a concern. Okay, let's just be totally clear about that. It's the defense. It's the lack of awareness. It's the lack of execution. It's the lack of commitment. Guys aren't moving their feet. They're standing around. I mean, two different times, J.D., on missed free throws. There was the one uh, where Giannis missed the free throw in the first quarter about four minutes into the game. Ubre doesn't box out and grab the rebound, so they get a quick putback. All of a sudden, Weissman commits his second foul because he's put in a tough spot. He goes to the bench early. He's probably going to be out there for another minute and a half or so, but either way, uh, you have to take him to the bench early because he's got two fouls. And then in the uh, it was either in the second quarter or in the third quarter, another missed free throw, and Lopez just has an easy putback dunk. And like little things like that, you're already behind the eight ball with this basketball team from a talent standpoint, from a preparation standpoint. But if you're not going to bring it just like with just straight up, you know, like you'd say, J.D., price of admission effort, dude, you're going to get boat raced. 888-957-9570. I want to come back to the offense versus defense thing because I think that's a great conversation. And, and I and there's a point I wanted to bring up on that. I do want to get to people on the phone lines that are patiently waiting, and that's Ethan uh, next here. Ethan, you're on 95.7, the game. Warriors wrap up with J.D. and Covey. Hey, Ethan, you there? All right, Tim in North Carolina. Tim, you're next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Tim. What's up, guys? Hey, I just want y'all to entertain this for a minute and just and, and, and hear me out on it. I mean, what do you guys think? Think back to um, Harrison Barnes starting from Iguodala when he came in. I, I mean, think about what would it look like with Mulder and Steph starting, playing off <laughs> each other, bringing Oubre off of the bench with the second team, still getting about 25 to 32 minutes a game. But that, when I look at those two out on the floor together, and I'm not saying he's Clay Thompson in any way, but the, the similarities, I believe Steph and Mulder could play off of each other, two offensive threats. And I can envision Steph, Mulder, Draymond, Wiggins, and Wiseman starting and then bringing that energy off the bench with Oubre. I mean, when we're looking at this thing, Oubre and Wiggins, they just not vibing together with Steph. The game that they play is not that similar off-the-ball movement, ball motion type of offense. But when you look at Mulder and Steph out there, I believe those are two similar. When I say similar, I mean just that ball movement, get the shot off quick, and you have two threats out there offensively. And you saw Mulder today with that that block. He chased down your boy that went by him and blocked it off the backboard. The guy's off athletic. It's almost like a Lillard McCullum type backboard, two six four guys that, you know, may bring a little bit more offensive potency to the team. I mean, just just what
what do you think about that? I mean, it's almost like, yeah, Ubre may take it as a slap in the face, but it's really not. I think he could come off, he could be with that second team, bringing energy, bringing defense. And I can just envision a Steph, Molder, Draymond, Wiggins, and Wiseman star lineup, bringing more offensive punch and, and, and movement to, to the offense. Well, it's interesting, Tim, because somebody, I, I, somebody had texted me about the Wiggins-Ubre fit, and my response to him, Tim, was, how ticked off is Ubre going to be when Damian Lee is starting next to Steph? Because <laughs> I, I was actually thinking of it the other way, and right. and we appreciate the appreciate the call, Tim. Uh, and and because I, I mean, look, it's two games. I don't I don't want to get carried away with it. it. It's not the right time to do it. But I feel like we're trending in that direction already. That that Tim's talking about. I I actually though this team has looked so bad in the first two games that I, I think we're headed down that road where they're going to have to put another shooter on the floor in one of those two spots and maybe look to bring somebody else off the bench. Now, here's the thing. Like, Kelly Oubre is trying to make a name for himself and trying to get a contract in his career. I, I would I would think that he wouldn't. It's one thing if you're going to the bench for Clay Thompson. It's another thing if you're going to the bench for Michael Mulder or Damian Lee. So I think we're a little right. bit away, of a ways away and probably need to give that a little bit time of time to gel uh, and see what happens before we get into that. But, I, I, I mean, if this keeps up for 10 games, yeah, I, I think Steve Kerr's going to have to – he's going to have to look at some changes at that point. Yeah, I was I was talking about this with uh, with Fidel the other night. You got to get out the acoustic guitars, cue up a little slash, a little axle, and start the whistling because you need a little patience, baby. Right? That's all you need, just a little patience right now. And and trust me, Steve Kerr is well aware of of what's going on on that basketball floor right now. And things will get switched up. I mean, that's what you do in sports, right? Lineups scuffling in baseball, you move things around, right? Uh, you know, in, in football, things aren't going your way. Maybe, you know, you substitute a guy, maybe you make a change at quarterback. I mean, you know, that's why you have other players. And, and sure, it's not optimal, like you said, J.D. You know, you're not Steve Kerr looking down that bench a couple years ago and being like, oh, you know, uh, Barnes getting off to a little bit of a slow start. Hey, hey, Iggy, you know, you're going in a little early tonight. You don't have Andre Iguodala or Sean Livingston or David West to lean on right now. He's got, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson and, and Mulder and, you know, Damian Lee. And I mean, you know, I'm sure these guys are going to be, you know, they're fine players and, you know, good team guys, but it's just, it's not the, the quality that, that you're used to. And I, I think, you know, guys like Ubre and Wiggins, you're going to have to give them a little bit of time. And, and again, I know it's the last thing Warriors fans want to hear. The standard's high here, and this is bad basketball to watch. Uh, but it's just, there's no other way around it. These guys are going to have to get comfortable it, because clearly, JD, when we watch this game, these guys are not comfortable right now. They don't look comfortable. It's in their body language. The, those shots go up. They're not confident. Guys are surprised when they go in. I mean, you can just you can see it. it. It emanates through the TV. So it'll take time. All right, let's keep it moving on the phone lines. we got a lot of people that want to squawk with us. 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap up. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. We'll give Ethan another shot here. Uh, Ethan, you're uh, on 95.7 The Game. Hey, can you guys hear me? We got you, Ethan. Loud and clear. What's on your mind, brother? Awesome. So my first point is, again, I know someone's already came in here and said that we're overreacting, but just realize our first two games have been on, like, two of top five teams in the NBA. Like, the Nets, the Bucks. these are very good teams. Like, we have to let it play out. Again, we know the season's going to be rocky. We're missing most of our good players, you know? We obviously, not to overstate that we can't overreact, we have to – let the rookies play, 
This is a rebuilding year. Thank, thanks, Ethan. I don't know that it's a rebuilding year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. We'll get your. What do you, Covey? Re, this is not a rebuilding year. This is a team that's trying to make the playoffs. Now you're developing, but it, this is not a rebuilding year. It may turn into one, but it ain't a rebuilding year right now, Covey. No, no. You won 15 games last year, and you got a bunch of guys healthy back this year. I'll tell you what, Joe Lacob, when he signs those paychecks, he ain't looking at this like rebuilding. Yeah. He's looking at this like, man, we're trying to be at least top eight in the West. The, the first part of that point's very well taken, though. I mean, we yes. already know what time it is. Nets, Bucks, like that's that's measuring stick stuff for you. And right now, you don't measure up. But, no, expectations are way higher than that. This is the Golden State Warriors. Last year was the gap year. This is the year where you take a step back in the right direction. Nobody's thinking parade, Larry O'Brien trophy. Hey, let's see LeBron in the Western Conference Finals. It ain't going down like that. But losing by 41 or 40, whatever the hell, you know, on, on Christmas Day, that's, that's not even close to where they're supposed to be at. So it's not supposed to be a transitional year or a developmental year, whatever you want to call it. Starting to look that way, but we still got 69 games left to go, or uh, 70 games left to go. 70 games left to go, and we're going to know a lot more about this team after the game Sunday in Chicago and the game Tuesday in Detroit. I think more will be learned based on those two games than than really anything we've seen to this point in time. No no more excuses. If you want to give the benefit of the doubt, you're playing two teams that could be in the NBA Finals come July. I'm with it. I'm not, you know, today was so bad in particular in the second half that I do think we have to to really dive into it and and not be afraid to talk about it. But look, if they go beat Chicago and beat Detroit, then this team, as far as I'm concerned, is right on schedule. They go and get down big in Chicago and, and come back and lose by eight. We got major problems at that point in time. Uh, so, right. you know, stay tuned, as they say. Uh, Sam in Alameda is next here on 95.7 The Game. All right. You know, when you guys talk about the Warriors, you guys talk about playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, oh, think about this, dude. Steph Curry and Draymond and even, you know, they're in their 30s. These other guys that are coming up. Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, they were born in 2001. They do not play defense. They've never played defense. They don't want to, Nobody's going to ask them to play defense. Guys playing defense are in their 30s. That, that is dead. You heard the, the game today. We can't, you can't, we got to score with these guys. We can't keep up with them. And if you, you know, they're saying, oh, we got to play defense, it doesn't matter. You still got to score 130. Play defense for what? That is never going to work. So this Warriors team is in big trouble. They're old. I don't see how Steph keeps. I don't. I don't see how he sticks around for more than another year, max. I mean, I don't see how he's just going to say, you know what, this is not going to work. I got to get out of here. I got to go back to Carolina. So I mean, oh, if you want to see some ugly, you wait till we start losing to like Minnesota or 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 or, or we start you know getting blown out by Sacramento or something like that. And the fans and and now what? Who's going to go to these games at this brand new arena? I well, that's that Lake of. Oh my God. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Well, nobody's going to be going to the games for the near future, first and foremost. Look, the the, the one thing I will say, and I'll let you react to this because I know you, you want to jump in here. And there's, there's plenty to react to what Sam had to say. If they start losing to some of these other teams, it's trouble at that point. Then, and, but but let's be, let's, again, this team is supposed to be making the playoffs. Hey, I'm not saying they're good enough, but that's the goal. And if, and if they are, you know, at we look up in May, and, and this team is a 28-win team or a 30-win team in a 72-game season. 
and they're relatively healthy, which, by the way, they you know have been minus Draymond Green to this point, which is significant. But if they're relatively healthy and they're a 30-win team, then this is going to be a, a an epic failure of a season based on the the, the goals of of Joe Lacob. He look at think look at all the luxury tax money he's spending. Look, he's paying Ubre, he's paying Wiggins, he's paying Draymond. I mean, he's thinking this team's getting into the playoffs if if everything goes well. Now, obviously, it hasn't gone well to this point. Yeah, and we, Sam called the other night talking about Steph's going to Carolina or whatever. Yeah, that's why he's talking about re-upping long-term and finishing his career with the well, Warriors. So there's that. Uh, but it's look, I mean, come on. Like, it's it's two games, and it could not have gone worse. So for all the dub naysayers out there and the guys that love to just throw on, oh, they're finished. Cool. Well, you got all the ammunition that you need, and it'll be up to these guys you know, you got 70 games to turn it around. And, and not having Draymond, I think, is a big factor. Now, it wouldn't have made a difference in the winning and losing category the last couple of games. There's no doubt about that. Draymond's not going to be that much of a difference maker. But just from, uh, you know, helping these other guys to, to figure out where they're supposed to be. I mean, think about it. Three preseason games, all these new faces. It's just going to take time. And even if they were a well-oiled machine and been playing together a couple of years, just from a talent standpoint, like they weren't going to be able to measure up to some of these teams. So they just have to shoot better, they have to play better, and they have to have a better commitment on the defensive end. Uh, and and I, I, I'm with you, J.D. Chicago is going to be the game. Like, how do they come out in Chicago? How do they come out in Detroit? If they come out flat in those games, this team's in big trouble. If they can get their confidence back, you got a little something to build on. I don't think this season's you know down the river by any stretch. All right, we're going to hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, coming up. Also, Will in Menlo Park. We'll get to you. More phone calls at 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Warriors wrap up. Right here, Warriors lose to the Bucks, 138-99. to You heard it on 95.7 The Game. Warriors get it back and move quickly to the front court. Long pass to Oubre Jr. Goes up and jammed it. Finally, Oubre Jr. getting a bucket. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with Ryan Covey and John Dickinson on 95.7 The Game. Kelly Oubre with his only bucket of the game. The call there from Tim Roy as he finishes 1-for-10. In just under 20 minutes, 0 of 5 from 3, 3 points on the afternoon as the Warriors get beat by the Bucks in Milwaukee, 138 to 99. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey back with you here on 95-7 the game. So the Warriors are 0 and 2, and they are struggling against two of the top teams in the Eastern Conference here to begin this season. Uh, let's keep it moving on the phone lines. We've had a lot of people that wanted to chat uh, here in the first half hour of the program. Keep them coming. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to participate in the show. 888-957-9570. That's where Nate in Petaluma checks in with us here on 95.7 The Game. Nate, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, fellas. How you doing? Um Merry Christmas and happy holidays, everybody. Um, just want to remind everybody that, you know, our sample size is just two games. Um, and, you know, the two teams we've played, they have a ton of chemistry, and the Warriors are still working on building their chemistry together. And, um, you know, I'm just optimistic. You know, give us some time. And just remind everybody to stay positive and they'll have to pull together. Thanks. Appreciate the call, Nate. The other teams do have chemistry. I'll, I will say this for chemistry. I mean, you know, the, the Bucks made a major trade. In the, in the off season, got Drew Holiday uh, to play there with Giannis. Their bench is completely different, 
And it's not exactly like Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant and, and Karis LeVert and all those guys played together last year. So, in fact, they had none of those guys playing in the bubble when they last played a game. So, yeah, they've, they've got better players, and, and it's easier when you're one-two punches on the same page and or you got a two-time MVP uh, you know, as your headliner. But you know, those other teams are dealing with some chemistry issues in the early going here on their own level as well. Yeah, and... There's no doubt about it. There's a little more talent, I feel like, on those teams, though. And it's just, I mean, you have to look at the isolated variables. It's Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins specifically because they're, from an expectation standpoint, they're at the top of that pecking order beyond Steph Curry. They haven't been good enough. And, you know, Wiggins, we kind of know what time it is there. I I thought we were going to get a little more from Oubre. Now, I appreciate the perspective. It's two games. Can't go too crazy around this, but it's all we got to go on. We've got these two games. That's it. I looked at Kelly Oubre's numbers from last year. Kelly Oubre only had three games last year where he didn't hit double figures. Uh, and, and he only had one game last year where he scored less than six points. Okay? Twice already this year in two games with the Warriors. He's got six points. He's got three points. Like, it, Kelly Oubre is a much better basketball player than this. I just I want Warriors fans to know that. Maybe if you haven't watched a lot of Suns basketball and you didn't watch him with Washington, maybe you didn't know a lot about Kelly Oubre. He's a much better player than this. He's a better two-way player than this. He will find his way. It looks like it's going to take a little bit of time. And I think you're right, J.D. Like, how do you play with Steph Curry? How is that all going to work? And then you have to keep in mind, too, Steph's out there getting acclimated with all these new faces. And, oh, yeah, not only that, he doesn't have 11 out there and you don't have Draymond out there. So the two, like, constants that have been out there basically his entire career, neither one of those guys are there either. So it's new for Ubre, It's new for Wiggins. It's also very new for Steph. And then you got this rookie phenom, James Wiseman, out there that they're all trying to figure out as well. It's a lot of moving parts, and it's, it's not going to happen in a, day, in a game or two, especially against elite competition like this. I think good offensive rhythm leads to shots going in. I'm a big believer of that, and I think the Warriors, oh, yeah. yes, they had the best shooting backcourt in, in, in the history of the NBA when Steph and Clay played together, but their offense flowed in such a way that it made it easier to make shots, and I feel like that's the difference between you know what we've seen in the past in part and what we're seeing now. I think we're seeing Oubre and Wiggins get open shots. They're missing open shots. Even Steph, two for ten from three in the game uh, today, and I'm looking at the game from the other night, and it was the same thing, two for ten. So he's four for 20 from three. He's got identical two for tens from three in these first two games. And even his shots, he's missed some open ones, some ones that we're used to seeing him make. But when the whole offense is out of whack and out of rhythm, those shots don't go down like we're used to seeing them go down. No question. And it's they're not making that extra pass and you can just tell. Guys guys aren't expecting the ball to go in. They look they look shocked when it does. And I'll say this too. You think about Kelly Oubre's career. I mean in Washington, he played with Wall and Beal. There wasn't a lot of uh you know, expectation there. Uh, they were I know they had some good years, they had some winning years, but you know, they never really accomplished a whole hell of a lot. Then in Phoenix, you know, you got Aiton and Booker, this young team, and they're exciting, but, you know, nobody's, again, nobody's expecting anything from them. You come to the Golden State Warriors, like you're Kelly Oubre. This is the first time in his career he's been brought into a situation like, you're here to help 
get over the loss of Clay freaking Thompson. Like, that's a lot to put on his plate. <laughs> I'm, I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, put myself in his shoes right now. And then you're Andrew Wiggins. Like, you're a number one pick. You were basically flying under the radar in Minnesota. Okay, Jimmy Butler lit you up on the way out the door. But, ah, Butler did that in Chi-Town, too. And he didn't look happy in Philly. So, whatever. Uh, you know, you can dust that off. And, yeah, it's more Carl Anthony Towns' team than it was mine. And, you know, so now you come to the Golden State Warriors. Again, pressure is on a little bit more. You're under the microscope. This is a, you know, a, a high-profile franchise around the league. And it went to five finals. You're playing with Hall of Famers. Like, it's just, it's a lot, it's, it's different than anything these guys have ever been cast in before. So I, I think we got to kind of put ourselves in Ubre shoes in particular, and even Wiggins to a lesser extent. This is all kind of new for these guys from an expectation standpoint uh, and just how much focus is being paid on you, you know, team-wide and league-wide. Will and Menlo Park, you're next on Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Will. Hey, I was just going to... I was going to point out, I agree that the next two games are important, but I think people need to, I haven't heard you talking about Steph and whether, whether we think he can still be a top five player, because I know he only played like five or six games last year, but it, it, it seems like it's been a while since he was able to really drive inside and make shots, and I think the Warriors' playoff hopes kind of rely on him being one of those top five players. And I'm wondering if, if, you, think, if, if you think he's still, if you, if you think he's still got it. Thanks. Appreciate the call, Will. Uh, That's going to be one of the questions that gets dissected a ton as this season goes on. Can Steph carry a team? And will he have to? And will this team have to adjust and have it become the Steph and and Weissman show? Uh, It's way too early to know any of that. Like that's, you know, Will brings it up and he says, well, I haven't heard you guys talking about that. I mean, there's so many other things that have happened in these first two games that that can be talked about. I I can't do that after two games. But I'll I'll say this. It doesn't look promising as far as, like, is Steph going to be playing at an MVP level? Uh, You know, a couple of two-for-tens from three without the help that he's, you know, grown accustomed to having. He, He gets some time to get back into a rhythm, but... I mean, look, if the Warriors were, were hinging them being a playoff team on Steph being one of the top five players in the entire league this year, having that kind of a season, it's an open-ended debate and question. I don't think it's a lock. No, and Steph's not going to be a 20% three-point shooter this year. I think we all know that. He's not going to shoot 33% from the field. I think we all know that. Uh, he's going to make more than seven field goals a night on average. I think we all know that. Um, but he also is going to have to have a little bit of time to get his rhythm back. There's just, I I just, I can't overemphasize this, JD. There's just so much newness around this basketball team. And, you know, last year basically meant nothing. And, And I hate to say it like that, but because nobody was playing that was going to be a part of this team when they were good to be, you know, hopefully good again. Uh, and certainly nobody was playing on this team that had been playing in the finals uh, a couple of months earlier, uh, you know, for the majority of last season, it's, that was just a wash and it's just, Steph's been away from the game for a long time. You finally come back in your first two games against top tier opponent and you don't have Draymond Green. What happens on the back end of this road trip, JD, uh, is going to tell us a lot. Because I, you know, I know when we were talking about this on the pregame, I said, hey, look, 
I know we're not looking for moral victories, but I, I want a more concentrated effort for 48 minutes tonight than you got in Brooklyn. Now, they were better in the first half. It's still, you could tell, J.D., it was going to maybe get away from them, and, you know, over 48 minutes, Milwaukee was going to show out and, and, and be the better basketball team. But there's a difference between losing to the Bucks by, by 12 on a game where you fight your ass off and play hard and then getting smoked and, and, and basically thrown in the towel like that in the second half. That's what they got to avoid, and that's where I've got pause to say, well, are they just, you know, Detroit and Chicago? Like, oh, just just because they got Steph Curry and, and company, they're going to beat them? I don't think it's that simple right now. They, the Warriors is, certainly haven't earned that, uh, and, and they, sh- they sure as hell shouldn't be thinking that way either. No, absolutely not. They're going to have to go in and play well and play differently to, to get those wins. And, and yeah, Steph Curry's going to, perform and shoot a, a heck of a lot better. And we're talking about a guy that's over 43% from three for his career. So, I, I mean, it, it's going to get bumped up. I guess the question that what I would have, and I'm just looking at, yeah, you throw last year out, 43-7 two years ago, 42-3 uh, three years ago, 41-1 uh, from three. What if, what if it's 38? What if it's, you know, what if it's 39? As opposed to 43 or 42 or 41 with less offensive talent around him, it, that would still be good, but it wouldn't be Steph great. And they need that version, I think, more because they're less efficient in a bunch of other areas. So the two things are intertwined. He could still be good or even great by NBA standards, but also maybe shoot the lowest percentage from three that he's ever shot at his career and with less talent around him, it, it makes that much more of a negative, you know, it has that much more of a negative impact, even though he's still overall one of the better shooters and players in the game. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's a lot of different angles to this JD, you know, he's 32 years old and yes, he's well rested. I mean, he's had a lot of time off. So you hope that that will only, you know, stand to serve him well as the year wears on. Uh, but certainly those looks that he would get when he's out there with, with clay and KD, um, you know, even a guy like Steph Curry with all the attention, you know, that gets paid to him. That's only going to stand to get ramped up even more because, well, there's just less firepower out on the floor that other teams have to worry about. So those shots, are going to be even tougher and more contested. Uh, so that would stand to reason that the percentage would go down. And yeah, anything sub 40%, I'll just, you know, keep it real. Like if Steph Curry's going to be a sub 40% three point shooter this year, the Warriors win total is going to be like in the 20s. Okay. Like he needs to be Steph Curry MVP at like minimum career average. And it, is it achievable? Of course it's achievable, and we know wow. Steph can get hotter than anybody, but if it's not, I mean, because where else is the scoring going to come from, J.D.? And, you know, a couple of games in, I'm looking at this team thinking, I don't know how much defense they're going to get, so they better be able to find some scoring, and Steph's the guy you're going to look to. He's he's the dude. I just don't see how there's any chance Steph Curry's going to shoot 43% from three, which is his career average right now as it stands to you know today or at least going into play today 43.4 for his career I I feel like and I actually didn't realize because I hadn't looked at it in a while because he hasn't played uh, a, right. a lot of games but I, I thought it was more like 42 or 41 for his career and I actually thought he had some numbers closer to 40 for three-point range the last couple of years so when I went back and saw 43-7, 42-3, the, the 41-1, and then that's before the 45-4, the 44-3 of the two MVP years, I thought, wow, like he, he, could be, he could be a 40% shooter and it would be a decline. 
uh, you know, it would be three percent under his career average, and forty percent would still be awesome from three point range overall. But again, I put that in the context of still awesome overall, not what Steph has done in his career. But then at the same time, I'm I'm looking at it from how could Steph possibly match the three point shooting that he's had throughout his career with less talent around him. I just I, I just don't see how that's possible. So if you're saying, hey, 43-4 over or under, I mean, I'm taking the under on that. And I would have taken for the sure. under on that significantly. No, for sure. And and maybe not even to the tune of 43-4, but closer to 43 than 39, that's for sure. You know, 42. And again, we're talking about a percentage point or two, but it just it, that's a when you're talking about Steph Curry, that's a major indicator of of his success level and, and the kind of effect he's having on the game. I mean, that's that's what he does. He shoots the three. Do you think at, at times tonight, JD, the team got I mean, I guess lazy might be the accurate way to describe it. They put up a lot of threes tonight, and it was almost like the only way they felt like they could keep pace with the Bucks is if they just kept shooting threes because they knew they weren't going to get any stops anyway. Uh, and if they go in, cool, maybe you keep it close. And if they don't, well, we probably didn't have a shot anyway. I, I think they want to shoot more threes. I think they feel that the NBA passed them by uh, even while they were dominant in terms of shooting threes. The Warriors still had some of the most efficient, three-point shooters with Curry and Clay, and the way Durant would, would mix in there. They they had the best shooting backcourt in the history of the game, but I think they feel, and it's true, the NBA in terms of having teams that have th- you know four, five, six guys that can all shoot threes, play four and five out type offenses, I think they felt that the league started to pass them by in that respect even when they were still dominating. And so I I think that's actually been a focal point for this team is that they need to take more because it's the old analytic math game that, you know, you don't have to make as many threes uh, as you do twos to to have the same level of efficiency. So I actually think that is working against them now in a way, the fact that they don't have as good a shooting as they used to, but yet they – have made a conscious attempt to want to shoot more threes because that's just the way of the NBA. That's actually something I don't think is going to change. You know, it, it's interesting though because, and, and I agree with you, and, and you're right. I mean, you, know, you look at the analytics, like you know, if you if you miss a couple of threes, but you make, you know, if you make forty percent from three, it's better. Or, you know, even thirty five percent from yeah. three is better than forty percent from two or forty five percent from two, just based on the math. I understand that, and and clearly the the game is derived that way now. I would argue too, though, if you're just settling for jump shots out on the perimeter, um, you're not setting that tone offensively, and 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 that will have a ripple effect on your defense. Like because when you're when you're throwing the ball down in the block and working the low post, guys are back cut and setting screens. Like you're earning what you get offensively. Like that sets that that makes the other team defend. Thus, it, it affects their offensive game. There's a there's a trickle down effect. Like when you just you know run the floor, make a couple of passes, and the first guy that has a sniff of a three pointer regardless of shot clock situation he's just putting one up then you got a long rebound team gets out in transition guys stand there and watch their own shot as opposed to worrying where the you know the the other team's headed like there's there's just things that that come from that that will will affect you on the other end on the defensive end as well I just it's kind of I mean if I could just simplify it it's kind of just a lazy way to play basketball and at times tonight it was just it was ugly to watch it's like yeah okay here we go let's just Chuck threes and clank, chuck threes, clank, and oh, there they go getting easy buckets on the other end. It's it's ugly to watch. It's ugly to watch for sure when they don't go in, and it it it. There's no doubt, and I mean, you can look at 
team, the Rockets are the first team that comes to mind. How ugly they are to watch when they don't. Oh, for twenty-seven. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, it's just it's and and teams that try to do it that aren't good teams typically get you know get the doors blown off defensively too. I mean, they're just it's. You know, a team, the Sacramento Kings come to mind from, like, last year. Luke Walton, they're trying to shoot threes. They're trying to play as fast as any team's ever played in league history. And when you're missing them, you're almost instantaneously going to give up 130. <laughs> and, and it right. like, so just the, any night you're – now, you might win 130 to 125 a, a third of the time. But, a, you know, t- another third of the time you're going to get your ass beat 140 to 125. So it just – you know, it, it's a dangerous game to play unless you do it in a manner where you can where you can play defense. Look, to to kind of tie off the Steph Curry conversation because it's a continuing one. Steph Curry's the least of the Warriors' problems right now, like by far the least of the Warriors' problems right now. But if you're counting on him this year to elevate and and carry you when other players aren't at their best. That's where I think the conversation is, boy, I don't know if he can do it. I, and, and I yeah. think, you know, and, and, and how consistently can he do it and can he do it against great teams? Like, like these first two games aren't on Steph. Steph could have gone for 40 in both of them. They still would have lost. And actually, in a way, I, I think it's probably better. You know, if he's saving the 40-point game for Chicago and Detroit, then that's awesome because they're probably going to win those two games if he does that there. Yeah, and you hope that he can do that. Absolutely. Uh, and, and here's the other thing, too. I want, I want to know what you think about this, J.D. When Steph Curry's not hitting his shots, knowing what he, how important his offense is going to be, I kind of feel like collectively the rest of this team kind of is looking around going, well, if it ain't Steph, like, who the hell is it going to be? And, and when you're putting up, like, if you're playing on the floor with Steph Curry, and this is, I think, Harrison Barnes suffered from this at times, uh, where his reluctance to shoot and, and just lack of uh, aggression on offense. Cause when you're out there playing with Steph Curry, uh, you know, at times you're like, well, why would I take this shot? Like, I need to be getting the ball into Steph Curry's hands, you know, like one of the greatest shooters in NBA history. I mean, Steph's case, the greatest shooter in NBA history. I kind of felt like tonight there was a point where when Steph's struggling, Collectively, these guys all look at it as, well, if Steph can't score, like, we don't have any shot anyway. And then the whole, like, game plan just goes out the window. I, it, yeah, I, I think there's something to that. I, I, I really do. And I think that's where they're – they have to find – every team has to find their best plays to go to when things are bogging down. Something that can get them a bucket, something that can get them a good look. And I yeah. think the Warriors are still – they're still searching to find what that is, and I think that's when it gets to the conversation about, well, what has gone well in these first two games, and that's where it leads back to Weissman. Weissman looks like he is much more of a capable offensive player right now than anyone could have imagined him being three days ago, four days ago. So, I mean, they came out and, and were running the game in the first six minutes, and it was it was Curry Weissman pick and roll. It I mean it looked like it looked like those two could be the focal point. Uh, you know, like like the Lakers would run it with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Again, not to that extent, but but right. the the mentality, how you want to play in an attempt to be successful. So how quickly does Steve Kerr and the Warriors look to try and put maybe a little bit more on his plate offensively while he still learns to grow? defensively it's it might be unfair to ask 
Right. But at the same time, it might be the best way that this team can also get on track uh, the quickest if if Ubre and Wiggins are going to take some time to work their their themselves back in. I want to get to Paul uh, here on the phone lines. Paul in Dublin, who's been waiting patiently. Paul, you're on Warriors wrap up a 95-7 of the game. Hey, Paul. Paul, you there? No, Paul. No, Paul. All right. All right. No, Paul. Well, uh, I'll say this, JD, about yeah. about James Weissman. Uh, you know, we, whatever it is, James Weissman's been, if not the best player, <laughs> certainly the second best player. And you know, look, Steve Kerr. I get it. He's he took this team to five finals and won three titles. He's had success as a player, as a GM. I mean, Steve Kerr has been his legacy is secure. But Steve Kerr still cares about winning, and he still cares about what happens to this basketball team. He still cares about the expectation. If he didn't, he would just not be coaching this team anymore. So he, I'm not going to say he's quote feeling the pressure, but he certainly is feeling the effects of getting embarrassed now for a second night in a row. You're 0 for two on the year, and you haven't just lost; you, you've gotten destroyed. And so for Steve Kerr, you, you got to it, it's it's not time to overthink. It's not time to get too cute. Like James Weissman is clearly the best secondary option right now. And getting him and Steph in a rhythm, that might be the ticket to saving your season right now. So, yeah, is it fair to ask that of James Wiseman? No, but it's probably, you know, maybe the best hope that you have right now. And if nothing else, you know, maybe if teams have to pay a little bit more attention to Wiseman down around the bucket uh, and they have to start doubling him, the Warriors can keep that ball moving and guys can keep moving around offensively in the zone, then maybe that leads to some more open shots. And then eventually guys like Oubre and Wiggins and company start to settle in and hit some more of those shots, which I think ultimately they will. I'm more optimistic about Oubre than Wiggins, but either way, it certainly should go through Weissman right now. He looks so comfortable. And at 19 years old, I'm, I have to, like, kind of, you know, like, am I really watching this guy be this comfortable? I mean, there was that play, J.D., that where he came over and blocked that shot from the weak side. Like, it looked like it was going to be a bunny layup. And all of a sudden, Weissman's like, nope, and I'm waiting for the goaltend. And I'm like, oh, no, it wasn't goaltending because he got over and blocked it clean. Like, there's things this guy can do just – from his natural God-given athleticism that, that nobody else on this Warriors team possesses. Very few guys in the NBA possess it. So uh, Kerr knows it. That's why he was in the starting lineup from the jump. And I, I think he, if Kerr will start to use him more offensively because he needs to. Mo in West Oakland here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Mo. Hey, hey, fellas. Uh, happy holidays to you. Thanks for taking the call. Um, I didn't get to see the game again when I'm out here uh, dashing these doors trying to get this money, but it sounds like Steph and um, Weissman are the only ones who really know their roles, are comfortable in their roles. Uh, and, of course, yes, Steph is not, is not having the good shooting nights that he usually have, and that's probably because he's pressing. He probably don't have guys he probably could depend on and, and open the floor up a little bit for him. But uh, it seems like Wiggins and uh, the guy Oubre uh, are maybe still trying to figure out their roles and getting comfortable, and, 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 that's, and them being uncomfortable – are making their shots uh, maybe short, long, or whatever, how they would usually play, it's not happening right now because they're still trying to figure things out. Uh, you guys can let me know what you think about that off the call. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mo. Appreciate the call, man. And we're up against it, so we'll, we'll hit this in more depth on the other side. And also, Steph Curry had something to say about how this offense has been flowing in the early going, which is pretty telling. We're going to play that audio for you. Uh, coming up as well. But, Mo, I think you're right. I mean, at this point, it, it's Uber and Wiggins are trying to find it. Steph and Weissman are, have, have had it. 
and they need to get Draymond back in the other spot. So that's that's the short answer, but we could dive into that a little bit more uh, in detail here coming back. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap-up, we're rolling on here. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Curry off a screen, deep three straight on, got it! Curry knocked it down with 1.3 to go. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with Ryan Covey and John Dickinson on 95.7 The Game. Final segment, still time for some phone calls at 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. We're going to hear from Steve Kerr on the uh, struggling Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins here coming up momentarily. But, uh, Ryan, I, I teased this before the break. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, after the ball game, uh, he he was asked about how the Warriors can fix their offensive woes, and uh, here here's what Steph had to say. I don't know. We just have to just focus a little bit more on what we're actually trying to do. I think sometimes when things don't go your way, you miss shots. There's a tendency to force and press and just not think. And so our collective, our group's collective IQ has to get a think a lot better um, in those moments where, you know, you're not making shots and try to get, you know, some easy buckets, some, you know, working together to create, you know, good looks. And that'll come with time. We just have to understand and identify when those moments are where you can kind of let go of the rope a little bit. I mean, tonight we were down 10 or 12 with seven, some minutes left in the third quarter, more than capable of winning a game like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it goes to, 21 because you don't, you know, execute offense and then, you know, they give up easy threes and, and then that's the ball game. So those little moments got to, you know, figure those out. Our co- our group's collective IQ has got to get better in those moments where you're not making shots. He's right. He's absolutely right. And it's you can see it in the body language. Guys started to get down. And, I mean, you said it at the top of the segment, J.D., to open up the show tonight. It felt like they quit in the second half, and that's a bad sign in game two. Now, is it is it something to learn from? Absolutely. I mean, what else can you do in a situation like this except learn from it and say, okay, well, next time we're in this situation, we need to execute better. And it is. It's about making that extra pass. It's about, you know, jumping into that passing lane on defense. It's about getting, the, you know, your guy a little bit tighter, getting out on that shooter, fighting a little extra hard for that 50-50 ball. All those little things will start to to carry over and add up into bigger things. But you, you got to baby step it first. And, and right now they need a little something to build on. And he's right. The Warriors of old, you know, down 10 in the third quarter of a basketball game. And this thing hadn't even got started yet. Tonight, you know, he's right. It, it starts to slip away and then... You know, it, it goes into a, you know, a snowball effect. So uh, I'm glad he said it. He's the leader of the basketball team. He needs to say it. He needs to be accountable in his own right. And he's, he's spot on. The collective IQ of the basketball team needs to be better. Otherwise, they're going to keep getting rolled. You think there's anybody specific he's pointing out there? Probably Andrew Wiggins and uh, Kelly Oubre. Um, I, I think, you know, Wiggins is one of those guys. I mean, you, you've hit on it a lot, J.D., you know, a little quieter, and that maybe is just kind of how he rolls. But 
Kelly Oubre, this is a guy that plays a lot of passion, a lot of intensity. Um, he, he's frustrated right now. You can tell he wanted to make a good impression with this organization, with this fan base. They're paying him a good chunk of change, and he knows the luxury tax implications as well. Nobody's ever paid him a million dollars on average uh, for his services, which basically with the luxury tax is what Lacob's paying him. So he's probably feeling that pressure a little bit, and he wants to you know, show himself in a, in a much better light. He knows he's a better hooper than that. But what happens, J.D., when, when things don't go your way off? Oftentimes, you start to press, right? And and that's the time to not press. That's the time to focus. It's you know, it's it, it's counterintuitive. I understand that, but that's where you need Steph to be out there reminding everybody. But I think that's absolutely a message for for Wiggins and Ubre specifically. But it goes deeper than that. I mean, this you know, t- Pascal's looked terrible so far. Kevon Looney hasn't looked good at all. I mean, it's it's everybody, man. It's Steph included. Yeah, I, I think for sure Ubre's been pressing. I thought Ubre was pressing early. Like the first couple didn't go down for Ubre and I, I and it was it was almost like you could see it on his face that that he's yeah. just thinking, "My god, what do I have to do?" It's like a it's like a, a hitter in baseball that that can't buy a hit you know, until he gets that the, the first one with and, and you know starting out I think with a new team is is also something that can be uh problematic as well for a lot of guys, especially when you're joining a team that's had a lot more success in recent memory than any of the teams collectively that you've been on. And I think, you know, that's something that's certainly true for Wiggins and, and for Ubre both. Let, let's go ahead and hear from Steve Kerr real quick. Uh, I wanted to get his take from the postgame Zoom session on both Ubre and Wiggins and the reasons behind their struggles and, and maybe if there's any confidence level concerns from him. You know, it's always difficult to go to a new team. It's just the way it is in this league. New terminology, uh, new style of play, new teammates. It's only been two two games. So, you know, the, we, we played two of the best teams in the league. You know, we didn't find any any rhythm at all to the game. So it, it'll shake out over time, and, and uh, Kelly's going to be fine. Andrew, Andrew will be fine. Uh, those guys are, you know, proven players in this league. You know, I, again, I've got to do a better job of putting them in positions uh, to get comfortable, too. It, it, that sounded an awful lot like a 2018 Bruce Bochy. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that for sure. Uh, hey, they're going to be in there. Hunter's going to be in there. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Morris is going to be in day. there. <laughs> <laughs> they going to find their way. You know, it's it's a, it's a mar- it's a marathon, not a sprint. Okay, Belichick never says that, but yeah, it, it, the, the the tenor of that interview for sure. It car should be frustrated. What I, I'll ask, I'll throw it to you, JD. So, if you're Coach Kerr, what what's what's the next move on the chessboard to put this team in the best position to succeed in Chi Town? Because zero and three and losing to an awful Bulls team, that's when it's like, okay, maybe we've over overstated what this team's uh, expectation bar is at this year. What, is, what does Kerr do heading into Chi-Town? I would approach the game plan like Steph and Weissman are the best two players, and everything runs through them. And I, I would start to change the fo- – and I thought the Warriors actually cha- – they started to this game that way. Like, it was, hey, they're going to put – they're going to – Weissman was screening. He was moving. It was pick and roll. He he hit a, a you know, couple of threes. Like, I, I thought – there was a, a little bit of a change in focal point there. I, Steve Kerr did change the rotation. These are small things, but it, he went to he didn't play Looney at all the first quarter. He didn't play Jordan Poole or Michael Mulder. Uh, I'm sorry, Jordan Poole uh, or Kent Bazemore at all. Kent Bazemore didn't play at all in the first half. He did go to Michael Mulder, so he flipped that around. 
And I, you know, I think with Draymond Green back, it's going to be interesting to see how much Eric Pascal's minutes get cut overall because Damian Lee's been playing, I think, a little bit extra as they've moved, you know, they've played him with Juan Toscano Anderson some. Uh, play in the four. Does, does Juan Toscano Anderson wind up still maybe splitting some of Pascal's backup minutes, even with Draymond back in the fold? I mean, I think that's that's something to keep an eye on moving forward. But as far as the game plan goes, well, what you know, what, how do Wiggins and, and Ubre succeed at a higher level? It's, I think, getting them opportunities where they can slash. How do they succeed overall? I think it's more about. I think it's more about you got to ride the hot hand, and the hot hand right now is is Weissman really with Steph. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I'll co-sign on that one hundred ten percent. You know, and, and Steph's the guy that you figure is, is specifically from a shooting standpoint is going to get it going. And I would like to see Wiggins continue to be aggressive and, and not play out on the perimeter so much. Set him up for situations where he can attack the basket. Um, I, I think. That's where he looked the most comfortable tonight. And then even Ubre, like whatever you can do, drop some plays for him, drop some sets for him to get some some looks a little bit closer to the basket. Because, you know, you mentioned it like when a hitter is struggling, uh, you know, that first hit, that little duck snort out there, that little scribble, you know, that little dribbler that you beat it out. That can be the start of something. Then pretty soon you're, you know, you're lasering them into the gap and it's the laser show, baby. So um, for Ubre, just getting the first couple to go down. You know, because regardless, getting off to a a, a good start in Chicago is going to be so important. Because if they go down, you know, double digits early or something to a team like the Bulls, you know, you can come back, but it'll be a lot of uh oh, here we go again, right? And then I think a more commitment defensively too. I mean, if if it's plain for all of us to see, certainly Steve Kerr had to feel it as well tonight that these guys. They, they didn't bring it in the second half, and, I you know, I boy, they're professionals. You don't want to say, oh, they quit, but damn, it sure did look like that. So Steve Kerr's got to use that as well. And you can, you know, you can say Brooklyn, Milwaukee, they're, they're great basketball teams, but, dude, this is, this is pro sports. Like, you're going to play against good teams, and, you know, it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to get embarrassed, and I would say through two games, these aren't just two losses. These are two embarrassments. So, um, you know, Steve Kerr's got to really hearken on that to those guys, but, you also find that balance, too, J.D., of you don't want to kick the dog while he's down, too, right? So uh, balance, my friend, will be really important for Steve Kerr and the message that he wants to impute to his basketball team. More from Steve Kerr coming up. We're also going to hear from Steph Curry and James Weissman as the Warriors lose in Milwaukee, 138-99. to Do want to give Paul in Dublin, though, another opportunity to jump on the line here. Paul, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Thanks, uh, thanks for calling in, Paul. How are you? Good, not bad, fellas. It's raining out here in the Bay. Uh, great show so far. Um, especially on some great points that I thought go back to last season. Expectations, the NBA passing, and honestly, guys just not being good enough versus what they were in the past. Um, Steph made those comments, and I thought those were really striking. The team that won the championship, they were veterans. They were guys that knew their role. Um, they were proficient and they were a high IQ team. No knock on the current guys there. I know they're good guys and I don't doubt their IQ, but it's not to the same level as just trying to put lightning in a bottle one time is something, two time is another time, three time, okay, now we're pushing it, but a fourth time, a fifth time, like every team in the NBA is playing like the way the Warriors play. Um, you got to remix it. You know, I was told last season that 
some stuff went down, you know, it was a D-Lo issue or this and that. And, I mean, the league's changed. The league's changed, and we're asking Steph to be Steph, and that's a whole lot, man. It's, it's, it's a whole lot. I think the expectation for the organization needs to change baby steps, you know. Just start yeah. from scratch and go, and go from there. Thank, thanks, Paul. Appreciate the the phone call. call there. It 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 real good call from from Paul in Dublin. Uh, I I think when you look at it, it's just a tough ask for Steph to to in many ways hold up for Clay's absence in the scoring and shooting and efficiency department when you're now playing in a league where teams have most of their rotation has the ability to hit threes. It's just a different it's just a different game. It's it's gone three and D. You know, it's gone to long wing players that can also knock down threes and have it and the Warriors for for all the things the Warriors do have, the Warriors don't have that roster even with the some of the guys that they've acquired. Yeah, well, that's where uh, losing Clay Thompson is just I mean, it's a a devastating blow cuz you want to talk about teams that have shooting? Well, when you start the conversation with, well, we got the Splash Brothers. Like, that's that's a pretty damn good place to start. And then it starts to slot other guys in more natural roles where you're not asking Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, to to be a creator and, and you know, be a, the number two offensive contributor. Um, and, and then guys kind of slot in more natural roles. Alas, that's not the case. So they're going to have to figure it out quick, fast, and in a hurry. Um, but that's where, uh, you know, that's where kind of the uh, – a little bit of understanding that this is just going to take time. I mean, three preseason games with so many new players, they just, it would be unrealistic to expect them to be able to hit the ground running. Now, if you opened up, uh, you know, against the Cavs and the Hornets, okay, well then maybe you could get away with some of those things, but you opened up against the Nets and the Bucks, so you didn't have a margin for error to begin with. You missed open shots on top of it, and then once the game got away from you, uh, you weren't confident. Now, nobody was really expecting victories in either one of these first two games. I was expecting a little more effort, but having said that, there still is a path to this team being good this year, J.D., and, and getting Draymond back in the fold is going to be huge. Learning from this you know, these these couple of really bad losses will be huge. Uh, and then guys starting to hit open shots is going to be huge as well. They, they're not all going to end up like this, um, but certainly, uh, you know, more uh, like Steph said, better, you know, just a collective raising of the IQ and the attention span uh, is going to be so important. Dave in Oakland, you're on 95-7 The Game. Dave, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, fellas, Merry Christmas. I'm going to have myself a nice uh, Jewish classic Christmas and Chinese food tonight. Uh, real quick, I got to say, uh, James Wiseman is really the one. Uh, that jumper is nice. Uh, those block shots, I think he's going to be really effective. I'm excited to see him when Draymond's on the floor. Got to give a quick shout-out to Andrew Wiggins tonight. I think a lot of people are calling him out um, after the, the loss to the Nets. I think he went really aggressive to the rim. And I think the way Kerr's going to fit him in, playing more minutes with the with the second unit, starting the second and the fourth quarters, I liked what I saw there. And I, I got to call Steph out. He's my favorite basketball player of, of my whole life, but we're going to go as he goes. And if he doesn't hit a field goal, you know, through the whole first quarter or most of it, we're not going to win games. He's got to, you know, play at his best if we're going to have a chance at winning, especially against some of the better teams in the league. Merry Christmas, y'all. 
All right, Merry Christmas. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Dave, let's sneak in Christian in Oakland. Christian is up next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, guys. Merry Christmas. How you guys doing? Doing well. Merry Christmas. All right. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm a big Warriors fan, and today, you know, I, I watched a couple couple minutes of the game, and I was really disappointed. But what I want to say is that, you know, I have the feeling that this team does not understand the gravity of Steph Curry. Like, you guys talked earlier that the veterans, they knew the position, they knew what they needed to do. But I don't think, like, I don't feel like this team understands, like, the power in the gravity of Steph Curry. So I think that's one thing that we need to really figure out how to, you know, how to play around Steph Curry better. And, uh, and I, I really like uh, what I saw from James, James Weissman today. He was really good. And I think he's going to keep improving. He, and uh, once he gets, you know, more minutes under his belt, he's going to get better. And the last thing I think we miss Draymond. Draymond is maybe the guy who will, make all the other new guys understand better the gravity of Steph Curry. Thanks for taking my call, guys, and have a Merry Christmas. All right. Thanks, Christian. Appreciate it. I, I think I mean, the, the other guys don't. Clearly, Steph and the new guys not on the same page. To me, in particular, it's, it's Wiggins and Oubre. Draymond coming back will help. It seems like he's got a pretty good chemistry with Weissman in the early going. We saw a lot of that today. I think we're going to see more of it. But I also think maybe the gravity that Steph provides is, has changed a little bit without Clay. I think that's something that has – we can't just overlook that. Yeah, I, there, there's no doubt. And Steph is still trying to figure out what that looks like without Clay Thompson. It's not going to be done in two games. And, you know, he's, he's looking to Kelly Oubre. And, and you know Oubre's feeling that too, right, J.D.? He's, he's well aware of the fact that he's the, he's the starting two guard for the Golden State Warriors right now playing alongside Steph Curry. He knows who's filled that role you know, for years in the Bay. So that's part of it as well. Um, and, look, you, you hang your hat on what James Weissman's been able to do the first couple of games, uh, and, and hopefully that's going to continue. I, I think if nothing else, because, look, I, I'm going to kind of go macro view here with the dubs. Like, nobody was expecting a Larry O'Brien trophy this year. You're expecting, you know, the team to, to take a, you know, a step back in the, in the right direction. Um, but if, if you're looking for those kind of games, like, the, the, the first couple of games of James Wiseman should give you so much optimism and excitement for what this team uh, can look like for the next couple of years. I'm, I'm through the moon for this guy, and, and I think it's only going to stand to improve. So, uh, And I can't wait to see what he can do too, J.D., with some teams that are kind of ill-equipped to deal with what he's bringing to the table, right? I mean, you know, Brooklyn, you know, they got some pretty good bigs. We know, uh, you know, Milwaukee, they're, they're no pushover in the paint either. But a couple of these teams he's going to be seeing the next couple of nights, like he should be able to get his. So uh, looking forward to that. And look, look at, look at the back of Kelly Oubre's basketball card. Like he's going to be better in this offense. So, uh, you know, before we go crazy about, oh, Oubre's a bust and it's not going to work out for him, just slow down a little bit with that. I still think Oubre's going to be pretty good, too. Wiggins, well, I know the caller mentioned it. He had a good couple of minutes there where he was attacking the cup. I need you to do it for more than, like, three minutes at a time, though. Yeah, and I think the difference between Oubre and Wiggins so far is Wiggins has shown in his career that he can have some bad nights and it's still going to average out to be in 22 even even with that for for a season, 
uh, you know, in that range. Ubre hasn't necessarily done that, but I still think Ubre. I, I still think Ubre's going to be fine. It, it it's just a matter of. It, Playing some different opponents, I think for sure. Let's see how they stack up against some teams that aren't Brooklyn and that aren't uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, and and then we'll get a better feel for exactly where this team is at. I wanted to hit uh, a couple of cuts here before we got out, uh, and James Weissman, the clear cut, uh, most positive aspect of this Warriors team uh, in the early going. Let, let's hear from Steph on how impressed he's been with the young fella. He's been awesome. I mean. For the limited time he had to prepare for the year and, and, you know, obviously what his last 12 months have looked like, he's playing with a lot of confidence, energy, showing a lot of his skill set. So uh, he's fearless out there and that helps, you know, make that transition to the league. And um, again, all the things that we kind of talked about, the adjustments we need to make, hopefully that'll, you know, let him shine even more uh, as we get more in sync and find more chemistry and, um, just understand what we're actually trying to do out there. So it's been awesome to watch him play the ways he's playing with you know his aggressiveness and expect more of that. Expect more of that and let him let him get it rolling a little bit more. I think that's what we're all hoping for the way these first two games have started. I'm I'm just tantalized by what he can do. And and I just I want to see more. We saw an extension of that fourth quarter from Tuesday in the first quarter today. I, I want to see what it looks like on Sunday. Yeah, and I want to see what it looks like with, with Draymond Green out there in the starting five with him. Uh, absolutely. And, and look, I, I know that there's, there's a certain segment of, the, of Dub Nation that is maybe a little stocked down on Draymond. But either way, like they, they need some help and, and they need you know his defensive contributions, if nothing else. And then I also think, too, just mark my words, and this isn't a hot take by any stretch, but having Draymond Green out there when they're running their offense and, and the effect that it has on Steph Curry, I think we'll see that as well. Because there were times in the first quarter tonight, J.D., I thought they were doing a really nice job uh, you know, attacking and penetrating and then kicking out to corner threes or setting it back out to, to the elbow extended. And then you know, at that point, guys can pump fake and attack the basket or you know, even put up that open look. Like, you know, it's that making that extra pass. And I think that goes back to Steph Curry referencing the you know the collective IQ of the team and when you're comfortable you know the game ostensibly slows down for you and then you you have the headspace to make that pump fake and you know do that that next little thing uh, that'll allow you to to make the play to get that open look and then once you do that and then there's the trickle down effect of hey that shot that was a little forced or a little rushed you make the extra pass now that's an easier shot higher probability of going in and then all of a sudden more shots start to go in and then you start to see the effect on the other end of the floor I mean you will see it it's a you know it, it's absolutely a cause and effect there uh, and, and I think Draymond just having Draymond out there will be a huge part of that and then oh yeah you're playing the bulls and not the nets or the bucks so that's gonna help too let's hear from james weissman uh, as well and talked a lot about the two-man game how comfortable he is playing the two-man game with mr curry i feel very comfortable it's just like i'll be thinking to myself that i'll be going really fast and then like i stop and then like once i stop it I don't hit the man like as much. So I need to make sure that I just run up there, just make sure I crack the man so it can create more space for Steph. So uh, I'm still trying to learn how to just screen right and uh, screen properly, but it's all coming together. Well, the best way is getting more practice, right? Right, Covey? Yeah. Just keep, let's no keep doubt. running that pick and roll and let, let, let the big man get a feel for how he needs to set that screen. 
Man, he gets it. He really does. You talk about basketball IQ, and again, he's a baby. He's 19 years old. I love on the broadcast. He even heard the dude meditates twice a day. He's dropping bars. He's talking, telling Dame Lillard, you know, buy some, buy some of my beats off me. I got some bars too. Like he's loving it, man. And uh, look, I love the fact too that after the uh, after the game the other night against the Nets, it was all this about his game and all everything he accomplished. Like, man, we didn't win, so it didn't matter. So I love that aspect of it too there's a, he's a team guy as well so absolutely let's go game three young man can't wait to see it kc and marin you're up uh, here final caller of the afternoon uh here on warriors wrap up gentlemen merry christmas how are you guys doing doing well merry christmas awesome. so what what, what do you got for us today so here's what i got uh warriors have had a tremendous amount of bad luck uh and what I'm excited about, I'm excited about the future. We have an, uh, an amazing, amazing draft pick in Minnesota's coming up in a very deep draft. We've got the Warriors soon to be again in the lottery draft coming up. So they're going to be able to, to get young real fast this year. It might, it might be tough, but, you know, I'm 48. I lived through Robert Rowell, Chris Cohan. Uh, I lived through the, the the terror of being the worst franchise uh, only in front of the and to win three three championships. Step one, I'm willing to let them suffer a little bit. Uh, this is through no fault of their own. This is not through bad management. This is not through bad coaching. This is through bad luck. So uh, I'm willing to, to to suffer along with them. Um, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. I hope everybody tries to do a good deed for somebody else who could use it. And be safe, everybody. Merry Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas, KC. Kofi, uh, final thought to you, and then uh, we'll get out of here till Sunday. Yeah, good stuff, man. I just, well, you know, the game was terrible tonight, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes on uh, on Sunday. Looking forward to that. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. 2020 suck, but be about your family today. And I, I totally echo KC sentiments there. Um, you know, be appreciative of the things that you have instead of lamenting the things that you don't. And, hey, shout out to all the guys back at the station coming in and working on Christmas Day, man. I've done it before. We really appreciate it. Nice work, fellas. Much love and happy holidays to you and your family as well. And, J.D., Merry Christmas, my brother. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. Great stuff as always, and we'll we'll, we'll talk on Sunday. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, also want to let everybody know this segment sponsored by Chilton Auto Body. Been in a collision. Chilton Auto Body's 12 Bay Area Collision Centers are ready to serve you with a safe, contact-free auto body repair experience with free pickup and delivery, virtual estimates, and curbside service from the comfort of your vehicle. Book your appointment today at Chilton Auto Body. Thanks to Ryan Covey uh, and also everybody back in the studio, uh, Sterling Bennett, Ryan Mouser, Bobby Spang. uh, Great job by one and all there. I'm John Dickinson. We'll be back uh, with Warriors Live 330 on Sunday before the Warriors take on the Chicago Bulls. Roxy Bernstein and Nick Friedel, they're coming up next right here on 95.7 The Game. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.